You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. We are building our way up to spring camp here, so we have a series of episodes that will be coming up. Our first one, we are going to be talking about the best offensive position groups headed into the spring. So we're going to break all of these down and uh, we're going to name some key returners, uh, key losses, newcomers, and just discuss them. And then at the end, we will rank these uh, units overall. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, God, I feel like I should just say acknowledge you two. I'm kind of rushing into this. I don't know why I'm rushing into this. Tyler, I mean, how are you doing? I mean, I'm, I'm doing all right. I mean, it, it's spring ball's coming. Matt Rule gave his press conference, got us all hyped up, and uh, yeah, getting getting ready for Did this. Did you like that press conference? He's an articulate dude. Yeah. He says a lot he of things that uh, we don't hear from other coaches that we've had in the past, right? Yeah, you could sell a hell out of a Bible. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Don't be hating, Tyler. <laughs> Derek, did you, what do you have to say there? You know, it, it's a, it, it seems like the same things over and over again. Uh, I'm, I'm already tired of off season. I'm ready to see some real work going on. So that's why spring makes it. That's what makes spring fun. We're actually going to see some real work going on. We're going to see, hear about some position battles, and we're going to hear about. The good things and bad things and practices, at least we hope. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, all right. Well, it's going to be sneaking up here sooner, uh, uh, very soon. So uh, let's get into this offensive uh, position group breakdown here. Uh, we're going to start off with the quarterbacks here, and that's going to be me. So uh, the quarterback scenario key returners is Casey Thompson. And I'm going to throw Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers in there because they had some uh, Chubba Purdy started a couple games. Logan Smothers, he got some uh, playing time. So key losses, fortunately, headed into the spring and after coming off last year, no key losses at that position group. And newcomers, it's it's Jeff Sims, the junior from Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, we're, we're excited for him. But to bring it back to Casey Thompson, last year, you know, he started 10 games through for uh, 24 100 yards at a 63% clip. Uh, had a ratio of 17 and 10 TD to interception. Not a bad year. It was, it was a good year for him. Uh, he did well for us. Uh, Purdy and Smothers and their limited action that they received. Uh, they didn't really have any meaningful stats. But where it's going to get interesting headed into the spring is because we know that Casey Thompson, he's out for the spring Purdy's going to be limited. It's going to be the Jeff Sims show. You've heard Matt Rule talk about Jeff Sims coming in from uh, Georgia Tech. You know, uh, he's going to get probably, I'm, I think it's almost a sure thing. He's going to get most of the snaps with the number ones. But, you know, he's coming off of a okay year at Georgia Tech. Uh, played in seven games. Uh Passed for 1,115 yards at a 58.5 or 58.5% clip and just five TDs and three interceptions. But uh, 
you hear everything that Matt Rule's talking about him. It sounds like he thinks that Jeff Sims could and might be the future of Nebraska football. So um, I really wish that we could see some uh, Casey Thompson and uh, Jeff Sims uh, sparring, for lack of a better word, here in the spring. But uh, we'll just have to wait to fall ball for that. So it's, it's, it's going to be fun, I think. Derek, your thoughts? Uh, it's really disappointing, I think, because without Casey Thompson, you're right, Justin. I hate to sound bad on anybody, but I was never impressed with Chubba Purdy, and I I understand he had some injuries. He had to battle himself. Uh, He was kind of thrown into the wolves. Wasn't a great scenario for the guy last year. Uh, Logan Smothers we've seen a couple times throughout the last couple years. Uh, But neither one of them have done a ton to impress you. Overall, so you have to think that it's it's a struggle to think that they're going to be in the quarterback battle. Uh, so it, it makes it a little less intriguing on what what's going to happen in this quarterback room, I guess, at least through spring. Tanner. Well, it, it, yeah, I don't really necessarily disagree with anything you guys said. I will say this, though. I mean, with Casey Thompson's injury, um, you know, right now it sounds like he's going to miss any really meaningful snaps during the spring. He might get a throw. I've heard people actually optimistic um, and maybe Rule is like downplaying it that he will get more throwing than people think. Casey Thompson is not a young kid. I mean, I don't want to say he doesn't need to be developed, but like the world's going to keep going with him missing some reps. He'll be there in spirit. He'll be able to get the playbook. It's not like he's not going to be active in spring. We've seen drills of him working out already. So he's obviously conditioning. So it's not like he's completely going to be starting from scratch in the summer. Um, it will be disappointing for like a spring game and really getting an idea of who the number one guy is. But again, he, he's one year younger than former NFL MVP Lamar Jackson. He, he's a grown-ass man. Like We've seen what he can do in the Husker uniform. So I, I, I'm okay with that. I, I do think the interesting thing in the spring is going to be the Logan Smothers, uh, Harburg, who we haven't really mentioned yet. We've heard some glowing things so far in workouts. Um, and then Richard Torres. I mean, I think we have these young guys. We've all talked about that we're probably going to need to lose a quarterback along the way. Where does this shape out with all these guys? I mean, I think that's one of the kind of headlines in the spring is which one of these younger guys does it make the cut, if you will. Um, it's going to be a really intriguing battle. Do you think that there's a huge drop off between what Jeff Sims is going to bring and then like uh, say guys like Logan Smothers and Harburg? So like when when we finally divide up teams for the spring game and we have the red team and the white team, whoever's quarterbacking one team, is there going to be a significant advantage for that team at the quarterback position? I you know I think Logan Smother I mean he hasn't wowed I mean it's fair to say he hasn't wowed I don't know if I'm as hard on him as maybe some other people I think he's been fine Chuba obviously injured last year I I would say that there would be I I hope I guess put it this way I hope you look at Jefferson's like yeah he's the number one guy um, because I think all signs pointing to him having a really good shot at starting this fall um, I, but I don't know I don't think I I don't think there'll be like this huge drop off. Derek, what do you think? I tend to think there will be. Uh, again, I'm just going off of what I've seen from the games of uh, Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers. And I, I'm not going to sit here and try to claim that I've seen a ton of Jeff Sims playing because I haven't. 
I have not watched a ton of film of Jeff Sims. Uh, but you hear him talking about him. And Tyler, you already alluded to it that there's a good chance he's going to be starting. Uh, so, I mean, if he's good enough that they think that he's going to start without even practicing with him yet, then I have to think that he's got a pretty good leg up on that job. And that makes me think there's probably a pretty good drop off. Well, I think, I think it also says something about maybe the system that they're going to want to run. Right. I mean, if they already know right off the bat that he's going to be, you know, he's he's going to have the right fit. It's not going to be like the uh, the square peg in a round hole, you know, that little uh, saying that we've heard over the last, you know, five, six, ten years, whatever. You know, uh, it, he's going to be the right fit for this system, and uh, that's why he was a target. So, I mean, to me, if I were to take a guess, I think it's his job to lose at this point, really. I, I, I do think Casey will make it interesting. I think that will be a battle this fall. Um, again, I, I think I think the interesting thing is going to be at spring is who's after them. Who's left standing in this pretty loaded or at least deep room? Is loaded it deep? is a strong word. I, I'll tell you this much. you're gonna If you're telling me your fourth string quarterback is Chubba Purdy, man, I feel good about that situation. Are you? I mean, okay. I mean, we're all disagree. Yeah, the only way, I'll, the, only, the only place I'll disagree with you on that is, I think that was the assumption last year is that this quarterback room was going to be really great if Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers are going to be your two backups. And we haven't been this deep in the, in the quarterback room for a long time. And then when them two saw the field, you could see how big of a drop off there really was from Casey Thompson to them too. Yeah, but I'll put a lot of that on Whipple. I, I think that I think the coaches did a really shitty job, like going to that backup and pulling different levers to set them up for success. Uh, I I just, I don't think they game planned well. I think that they fell apart in that regard. I mean, they they couldn't even figure out who was the better of the two half the time. It, I mean, well, it was pretty... Look, I, I hope you're right, Tyler. I hope it was all Whipple. I think they knew he who ran was off, the... He ran off to the sunset, but it, it's hard to sit here and, I don't know. I've seen them play. <laughs> just, well, maybe they weren't just, set up for success, but I, they, they didn't do anything to wow me either. Tyler, I think they knew who was the best of the two. I mean, Chubba Purdy's one that got the starts, right? Yeah. Every fan after every game was sitting there saying, why are you not playing Logan Smothers more? I mean, it was, I mean, I don't know. And again, the injury is, is a factor like it's not fair to that's why i get really upset when people start saying well chubba purdy's a bum or anything like that i know you guys aren't saying that because we don't know how much that injury really set him back and what he was dealing with we don't but justin mentioned it mentioned the square peg and a round hole and if you want to talk about that i mean that that was a perfect case with uh logan smothers and mark whipple i mean exactly and and they, they did nothing to adapt to that no, they didn't. That's why Whip was on a beach somewhere. Lucky son of a bitch, isn't he? <laughs> Not hating him for it's that. Golfing. Oh, definitely hate him for that. Then. Uh, okay, uh, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about the running backs, Tyler. Ooh, we I love this room. Um, so I'm going to name name a few guys that are key returners here. But Anthony Grant, 
Ramir Johnson, Gabe Irvin, and A.J. Allen. Um, include all of those as key returners because all of those at some point in time have had a huge role in Nebraska. Um, as far as some of the big losses, uh, Jockey's Yant I will put in that category. Um, maybe he never really materialized, but I'm still going to count him as a key loss. Um, obviously, we had some transfers last year, but that is old news. Um, Anthony Grant's headlining the returning of this room. He had 915 yards rushing last year. Um, really carried the lion's share um, as guys like Ramir Johnson had 85 yards, Gabe Irvin 94, and A.J. Allen a hair under 200. Um, A.J. Allen's obviously recovering from a collarbone injury, so it'll be interesting to see what his role is in the spring. I think a lot of signs point to him being a participant, but I have not heard a definitive answer one way or another. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a room as we get into our rankings is about as exciting of a room on the offense as we'll see. Um, and, and a lot of that attention goes to Anthony Grant. I mean, there was a point last year we thought Anthony Grant could be an all big 10 running back. Um, yeah. he, he made people miss. He was really good late in the season. It seemed like they went away from him a little bit and maybe he got a little bit too dancy for his own good. Um, I, I'm interested to see what EJ Barthel could do to maybe kind of, Rain him in and kind of seeing the good Anthony Grant. And then behind him, I mean, we all hope A.J. Allen's going to be a factor because we saw what he could do. But I feel great about Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin. Um, it, it's a really good punch. And then Emmett Johnson, who I haven't mentioned yet, I'm I'm excited to see what he could do. Leading rusher in the state of Minnesota um, out of high school. So really going to be an interesting room as, that, as spring goes through. Derek. I mean, yeah, everything you said is right on T, Tyler. I, the th- here's the thing. Here was the only thing that really kind of surprised me when I was looking up some of this stuff was, uh, according to CFB stats, Ramirez Johnson played in 10 games. Now, I'm guessing most of those were on special teams because I do not yeah. remember seeing him in 10 games. It was special teams uh, because, remember, it was like uh, what six – Five or six games into the season before we even saw him take a snap or something. It's like, where is he? Yeah. And then well, he got like he maybe on one or two teams, carries or something. He, uh, apparently he was in special teams because he played in all but two games. So, uh, But yeah, 85 yards. Uh, but I'm with you, Tyler. Like he's had a, predominant, a, a, a very predominant role in that room uh, before. And I, so I don't, I, you hate to just take him out of that race because – I do think he's a special player that can be a good player. It might be tough with A.J. Allen and and, uh, Anthony Grant in there. Uh, Gabe Irvin, if he's healthy, again, it's it's a good problem to have to have that many good running backs in in the room. So, yeah, it's it's probably the most exciting room. We'll get there when we rank them, but. You know, it was uh, interesting last year because the way that Anthony Grant, he started the season, I mean, he came out like a beast. I mean, there was a time where we're like, oh, my God, we're going to have a a a thousand-yard rusher easily. Remember that? Uh, Because headed into the season, nobody thought that we would really even have a 1,000-yard rusher. But it looked apparent that there's no way this guy is going to miss a thousand yards. And then... Yeah, but last year was such a such a fluke year, so weird. Because there was a point in the early in the season we were like, "Shit, we may have a thousand yard rusher and receiver in in this yeah on this team this year." 
And then all of a sudden, Trey Palmer just dropped off. You're like, okay, there's no way we're having a thousand yard receiver, but that thousand yard rusher is almost guaranteed. And then it turns out we ended up with a thousand yard receiver and no, and not the rusher again. So it was such a weird year for that. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, as Tyler said earlier, you know, it, they kind of seemed like they went away from him. Uh, I think he got a little antsy with the offensive line. Start, and, and you talked about him dancing around back there. I, that's a little bit on him, but I think it's mostly on the offensive line, not blocking and not giving him good holes. And he was always trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah, as far as guys coming back with meaningful stats, he's the only one with meaningful stats, and that would have been different had A.J. Allen not got uh, injured because he was probably my favorite running back there before he got injured. I mean, that dude, he could do everything. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think when you looked at the time of the season when he got injured, it, I mean, he got injured when Anthony Grant was still looking like an all-conference yeah, type running true. back. I mean, so you didn't really see it. A.J. Allen did show a lot as a freshman, and, and, and all the kudos to him. No, but it, it looked like a phenomenal one-two punch, though. Definitely. Yeah. It, yes, 100% it did. I mean, that, that room last year... Like I said, the production probably didn't hit, but I feel really good about the talent. To me, the question mark this spring is health. Gabe Irvin's been banged up in his career. Obviously, A.J. Allen's coming off of an injury. Like, it, there's a, there are some good players in this room, but the depth isn't so overwhelming where you're like, man, I mean, you, you get a guy or two banged up this spring, that, that position, which, I again, I... I probably tipping our hands where we're all having it is going to be higher i'm assuming it's all going to be in the top half but if you get an injury or two this spring you go into that fall and you're a little bit worried about that room um because it is not yeah, overwhelming. and, and the staff didn't do themselves a lot of favors with i mean with not really bringing anybody in except for uh quentin ives or quentin I- I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm butchering his name i can't remember his name off are you pulling a tyler sorry no i think you're saying i that. am I know his first name is Quentin. I can't think of his last name, but it's, it's I, Ives. at any rate, is it Ives? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Congrats to Tyler. Holy shit. Good job, Tyler. Proud of you. Uh, I but but I, I don't know. You hope you hope to keep all these guys healthy, but if, if you're talking injuries, man, you kind of wish you would have brought another guy or two in. I guess. But I, I, again, I don't know. Do you really need eight running backs on the roster at the same time i don't it's kind, of, it's kind of a double-edged it's a double-edged sword i mean you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't i think six is uh plenty especially the caliber of guys that we have right now i mean we have already we have like four dudes there any four dudes you'd feel comfortable starting you know no tyler you're shaking your head i think no i i mean i, I agree i mean i think i think you feel really good i mean you feel one through four, and that's a really unique spot to be in. Yeah, and, and um, no, I'm, I'm, this isn't ranking them, but like, but I'm just going from uh, seniority down. But Anthony Grant, Ramirez Johnson, Gabe Irvin, or AJ Allen, any of those guys, I would feel comfortable saying, "Hey, you're my starter." Well, it was the joke of last season. It, last year, they were all number ones for half the year. Yeah, it was yeah. I mean, the, the depth chart was like five deep on the oars last year. Um, they were rowing the boat with all those oars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, it, it, it's it's an exciting room. This is going to be one interesting thing. I said I'm, I'm curious to see what Barthol can do because I think they all have a upside that we haven't seen yet. So um, excited to see what he turns them into. 
All right, let's jump to wide receivers, and that's you, Derek. All right, so for key returners, there's not a ton here. You got Marcus Washington, who really in the second half of the season came on pretty strong. Uh, Xavier Betts, I'm counting him because he had a pretty pretty big role two years ago. I know he didn't play last year, kind of quit the team, and but he's back, so I think he's returning. Uh, the potential of that guy... And what you've seen in the, in the style of play that you did see out of him when he was here was pretty damn good. Uh, I, other than that, you could maybe mention Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, but I don't. It's tough for me to even mention him as a key returner. I guess uh, key losses you lose Trey Palmer, Oliver Martin, and Alante Brown. Uh, you hate to lose probably all three of those guys, really. Uh, none more than Trey Palmer, obviously, but, uh, you know, our th- he broke the record last year with receiving yards, had nine touchdowns. I, he was a great, great ball player, great ball player. You hate to lose him, but. Eric, hold off on Alani off Brown, NFL. losing to Alani Brown. He's kind of like, uh, hold off it, on that, saying that we lost yeah, Alani Brown. I don't know Brown. if he's gone. Well. As of right now, he's not on the roster, so he will not be participating in spring. Not participating in spring, but therefore he could be coming. Key loss. Uh, As far as newcomers, I really just went with the two that are in spring with Billy Kemp, uh, who was the the all-time leading receiver at Virginia, coming in, had some really good years there, and Josh Fleeks coming out of uh, Baylor, and he had some had one or two decent years, and then. Kind of fell off the charts. I'm not real sure what happened with him. Uh, you have some guys coming in the summer. I mean, you got you got to mention a Malachi Coleman, I guess. But for the, for this exercise, really, it's just those two coming in. Um, but I, I got to tell you guys. So I, I didn't. I did not realize this, but Billy Kemp was allowed one extra year of eligibility after the Virginia tragedy shooting last season and I did not realize the NCAA allowed every Virginia senior of 2022 an extra year of eligibility and that was the only reason that Billy Kemp was allowed to transfer to Nebraska hey good on the NCAA for doing something good for once I mean remember there was a time where they wouldn't like allow give an exemption or an extra year of eligibility for nothing and uh Hopefully Nebraska benefits. I think we will benefit. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'll take the guy. I, he's probably your starting slot receiver as of right now. So he's plenty experienced, got plenty of yards, plenty of touchdowns, knows how to play the slot. Gets you a good chance to get Marcus Washington out there on the outside. Maybe get a Xavier Betts out there. He's probably – for the start. For, how old is he? For the starting three, I – uh, is he old enough where he has that. to pay for his own insurance now? Good possibility. He's got to be close, he's been, right? he's been in college. Lo- he's been in college long enough to probably be getting an internship at a doctor's office. So, yeah. I you know I again, it's a, it's a it's a room full of potential, but not a lot of room with a, with a ton of experience coming back. Tyler, your thoughts on the wide receiver room? I mean, th- frankly, this room has me a little concerned. 
Um, spring's going to be interesting to see the development. Um, you know, I think when I, when I think about that, the first spot that comes to mind is maybe a couple guys, uh, uh, Victor Jones and Janerian Bonner, both of which were pretty highly regarded recruits coming out of high school that didn't contribute last year. Um, so what can they do to step in? Because I, I Billy Kemp, you feel okay about Xavier Betts is obviously, a, you know, Derek, you highlighted, you know, had, had a lot of potential, um, guy you felt really good about, but Marcus Washington, obviously I think is your one really solid wide receiver, uh, coming back, but with no Alante Brown and Coleman not enrolling till summer, you really need one of these young guys to step in there to kind of enter the fray of competition this spring. Um, you know, the last couple years, Nebraska has gotten by with bringing in a Trey Palmer and bringing in a, uh, uh, whatever the guy two years ago was. I can't think of his name now. Toure. Yeah, Toure. I mean, so we've gotten by on bringing these guys in. Um, I, I don't know if Billy Kemp or Josh Fleeks is one of those guys. I, I'm not optimistic that they're going to come I, I th- in. I think Billy I think Billy Kemp can be one of those guys. Joshua, Josh Fleeks I'm, I'm a little more concerned with, but I, mean, I, I hear l- good things about him. I just, I just it, a little skeptical. Derek, let's just set the stage. When I say one of those guys, I mean, both of these guys are NFL draft picks. I mean, these are NFL players in right now. It's Moritori and the Packers, what? and uh, Trey Palmer is looking to be a third-round draft pick. Do you really think Billy Kemp is going to be an NFL guy? And if so, don't you think he would have gone at age 32? Like, I mean... <laughs> I don't think he's quite that old. I mean, look, look, he, he, he did enter the NFL draft until he got that extra year of eligibility. So I mean, yeah, sure. I think he could be an NFL draft guy. The third round, probably not. But I mean, he could, he could go where some more Tory went in those late rounds. Yeah. So there's a lot of concerns with this wide receiver room. I mean, if VH1 were to do a "Where Are They Now?" episode on the wide receiver room, we have all of the cast there. I mean, we have a guy from Baylor and Josh Fleeks. Baylor people are like where. where where are they now? Oh, he's at Nebraska. Billy Kemp is the same way. You know, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, who left the program. Where are they now? Oh, he's back at Nebraska. Same with Xavier Betts. And now the same thing's going to be able to say, be said for uh, Alani Brown. Uh, if you want to also look at Tommy Hill, who was once on the, uh, the roster for the wide receivers, he's at DB's. Uh, it's it's a weird room right now, and uh, it, like potential, a lot of potential there, but it's weird potential. I, it's it's like to, broken potential to me, almost. I, I don't. I, I got to, to me. I don't think of it that way. I think it's great potential. My 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 biggest fear is is can a coach get any potential out of them being no older than they are. I mean, I, yeah, he's going to be younger than these some guys, of these guys. Do these guys even want to listen to him when they when they, I mean you got this twenty four year old coming in telling you what to do? Some of these guys are twenty, twenty two, twenty. I mean, you, Justin, you said no. some of these guys are older than him. They really I, want I, to take orders from this guy. I mean, maybe he. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they all connect with him really well because of the uh, closeness in age. But to me, it would be it's it's like getting that. 20-year-old boss coming in for the first time 
And he's just come out puffing his chest. And he's like, you don't want to listen to him. You're like, dude, shut up. I, I'm, just, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid Derek, that's going to happen with this guy. I, Derek, it may not. But I, I don't know. I, at this point, I'm kind of putting that to the side. Like, I, if Rule brought him in here, I, I think at this point we're rolling with him. I, I don't think it's a matter of that. I think it's a matter of you look at this room over the last few years, you've brought in guys over and over again, and the production just hasn't accounted. And Xavier Betts is a guy who I think we all at one time or another thought, great things for him maybe he will still amount to that but he is like three splash plays in his career from doing nothing at his time at nebraska and the sad thing is those three plays is more than almost everyone else on this roster has ever done which is why we're pumped to have him back because it's like ooh, at least i have a highlight of him like i mean these these guys haven't done it and so i i mean Mickey Joseph was one of the premier wide receiver coaches in the country. Obviously did a lot with Trey Palmer. I thought Washington definitely emerged as a decent player late in the year. But like when he can't get a ton out of these guys, um, it, it does leave a little bit of room. Now, the X factor, and I know this is a spring preview. I think it all changes a little bit this summer when Coleman gets into town. Because I think he instantaneously may not start, but he will be. I mean, he's not redshirting. There's no freaking way I think that kid's going to redshirt. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, out of the 15 guys we have here on scholarship today, uh, headed into the fall, I think he's one of your best top five. Again, to me, to me I think a lot. I think I'm, I'm really interested in Bonner and jones i think those are two names where i i think i was extremely high on them two years ago it would be my comp if if the next time the coaches talk they mention one of those two by name like that would just enthrill me and my confidence level in this room it would definitely go up a level because i think those are two guys that if they step up this room starts to shape up a little bit nicer yeah i think bonner really has a great opportunity to uh, step up there's, there's no better shot at uh, stepping up and emerging than uh, what what it looks like today for the roster. And maybe I'm being too gloom and doom about it, but it's. I mean, I'm we're going to talk I'm about shot. we're going to talk about position group here in a little bit where there's real potential to step in because there's another position group that's lacking way worse than this one. I think. My, my one question is last year, I think mainly Justin, but Derek a little bit too, we're buying massive loads of stocks in IGC. Yeah. Have you sold them all or have you held some? Like where, where's your stock level right now with IGC? It's low. It is low. The fact that he left the program it is. when he did. I mean, if he couldn't, uh, if he could not see meaningful action last year, cause he went on a milk carton and he leaves the program. I don't know what he was doing during his off time. You know, he's back with the program now, but who knows what kind of shape he's in. And uh, it, yeah, it, very low. I'll, I'll just say that. Very low. I think he's got potential. I think he's got great potential because I was high on him last year. I thought he did a lot of great things at New Mexico State, but it did not transition over to Power 5 level for whatever reason. And maybe that was a certain dynamic between him and his uh wide receiver coach but fresh start so yeah let's see what happens 
There seems there seem, that's there seems to be some commonality with that and with a couple of these players in that position, coach. Yeah. God, there's so many jokes there, but I'm not gonna say them. <laughs> Don't say them. Don't say them. Moving on, Justin. <laughs> Moving on All to right, the next. Let's position go group. to the next position group, and uh, that's gonna be the tight end position. Uh, key returners here: Thomas Fedoni. He's been injured for the last couple of years. He was ready to play last year. He wanted to play last year. He wasn't cleared. Coaches wanted him to play last year, but it it just never came to fruition. He's been a beast in the preseason. I mean, the dude looks the part right now. Uh, excited for him. Key losses, Travis Vokalek. He uh, had 240 yards and two TDs last year. Uh Hopefully he gets drafted. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Uh, newcomers. This is pretty exciting, too. This is Eric Gilbert uh, out of Georgia. Uh, he, had, he didn't really do too much at Georgia the last two years, but his freshman year at LSU in 2020, he was a beast. He had 35 receptions for 368 yards and two TDs. He hit the Power 5 football like a beast. Uh Again, it didn't work out at Georgia, but uh, he was like the top tight end coming out of the 2020 recruiting cycle. So you add in him and Thomas Fedoni, who was the the top tight end prospect out of the 2021 cycle. We got both of those guys. And uh, I haven't seen much of Eric Gilbert, but, you know, Fedoni, he's, he's solid. So... I'm I'm looking forward to what this room has to bring. Uh, there, there's uh, a lot of players in that room also that they really haven't panned out yet. And uh, like Chris Hickman, James Carney, A.J. Rollins, uh, a couple younger guys, Chase Andruff and Brody Tagaloa. And well, I don't know if they're going to get an just, opportunity sorry to interrupt. these two guys. But AJ Rollins and James Carney are still relatively young too. They're only sophomores. They're the same year as Thomas Fedoni and Eric uh, Gilbert. They're the same exact age. So if you think those guys are going to surpass Thomas well, to, Fedoni, to, to, to be fair, hold on. You, that's that's fair. But to be fair, they have the same amount of catches as Thomas Fedoni has to this point. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I just to, to say they haven't panned out. As sophomores, I think it's a little harsh. I guess. Well, I mean, they—they they weren't. You want to talk ba- about Hickman not paying out? That's fine. I get it. They weren't being held out of he's any been, games. He's been here for fourteen. They years. have not been held out of any games by the medical staff. That's fair, but again, they were young. You want to talk about Chris Hickman not paying out? I get it. Like he's been here for. 14 Is Chris? Years. Ma- you guys keep mentioning Chris Hickman. Isn't he gone? Didn't he transfer, or isn't he no longer on this roster? No. Not that I've I'm, seen. I'm pretty sure he's gone, guys. Uh, Is he gone? He's still on all the rosters. I, he's still on all the rosters I've checked, and he's still on the scholarship distribution chart. Uh, do some uh, quick checking, but uh, according to on three on uh, the 24th, uh, Chris Hickman is no longer on this roster. Oh, okay. Hey, I didn't think yeah. he was going to contribute in this uh, tight end room anyway. That's I all. liked the guy, I mean, though. I mean, I liked him. I thought that dude had a ton of potential, but being that he was a big dude, big tall dude, but 
yeah, I mean, the writing was on the wall. I, I think this is a room that's going to be dominated by two dudes, Thomas Fedoni and Eric Gilbert. Well, and, and Eric Gilbert, I mean, this is a guy who you, you mentioned he came on strong. I mean, he's got the athletic pedigree. All signs point to this. He's also a guy who didn't make travel rosters at point last year. So where he's, he's is also a his... guy that's on his third. He's also a guy that's been on his third team in four years. Well, that's self-imposed. It's not like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it, but Georgia cut his ass. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, it's no one forced him to leave LSU. By the best of my knowledge, like, no, I, I get it, but. You start worrying about him being a little flaky after leaving th- being on three teams in four years. Hey, that's the new college football, Derek. Get used to it. I sure, uh, and, and all that's true. I guess where, where my headspace is in this room is, and again, maybe it's kind of similar. Is Thomas Fedoni can he get through spring healthy? Uh, Matt Rule addressed that today in his press conference, and he said that they're going to be a little bit cautious with him. Um, he's had two ACL injuries, which could really damper it. The guy is fitting the mold right now. The confidence is high in him. And when you see him and hear him talk, you feel good about him. Um, you know, he, he the, the potential, I mean, there's no room in this whole roster that you have two of the top 50 recruits in. Like, there's just not that room in the roster. So, I, to, go ahead. Well, I get it. But here's the thing. Like, you guys are sitting here hammering the wide receiver room because it's full of potential. And we're sitting here glamoring over this tight end room that has nothing but potential right now. Well, I mean, let's be clear. I'm not glamoring over anything, Derek. Like, their confidence level, when we get to the rankings, we'll kind of show where my head's at on this room. But it's not high. Like, it's this room, but the wide receiver room doesn't have two top 50 recruits in. Like, there's the difference, right? The, the, The upside potential. Both are unproven in my book. But... The, the potential is a little bit high. At least the ceiling seems to be higher in the uh, tight end room. I mean, I mean we've already covered uh, uh, two other position groups right there that have a lot of unproven guys too. You know, when you like lay it out yeah. like that. What what other room? I mean, quarterbacks. I feel like we. I mean, we've got how many starts in that quarterback room? Fifty, sixty. I guess what I was looking at, only one guy can play, and I think that guy is going to be Jeff Sims. And so that's like, you know, does he have tons of experience? He's got a lot of games played. But. And, that, and that's why, and that's what makes this this exercise so difficult is that we're reading these just basically just going into spring. Because my rankings are completely different heading into the season already if you bring Casey Thompson back. Okay. But knowing that Casey Thompson's not going to be able to play in the spring, it's going to hurt that quarterback room. I, I get it. And, and, but him not playing in the spring, I talked about this earlier, not to go back. Like, that is not – assuming his rehab hits, like, that is not the storyline of this team. I mean, we know what Casey Thompson is. There, there is not – like, I, I think you're foolish if you think at this juncture in Casey Thompson's career there's this giant step forward he's going to take. Like, I think you, you kind of got what you got with him, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Where a guy like Thomas Fedoni, going back to the tight end room, there is still a hell of a lot unknown about him. What is he? Um, you know, you talk about some of the wide receivers. There's a lot of unknowns about them. But Casey Thompson, like, 
I mean, okay, he's not going to play in the spring game. whoop the fucking do Like, I'm not losing sleep over that. I agree. I, I agree, too. But, again, this exercise is heading into spring. So where's your confidence level without Casey Thompson? Because heading well, into spring, we're heading into it without Casey Thompson. Again, it's semantics at this point, but like when when you're going to be at practice, it's not like he's not on the roster. He's going to be at practice. He's probably going to throw at some point. Like so, he's not a full participant in spring. Like that's again, it's kind of semantics on what you're thinking of that position. Um, well, let's move on to offensive line here because got we still got to rank uh, these guys. Yep. Okay. So I'll go through this quickly. Uh, offensive line key returners. Uh, Bryce Benhart, Turner Corcoran, Ethan Piper, uh, Noelli. I'm counting him as a returner, even though he was out all of 2022 on a suspension. And Perhaska, um, again, returning from injury. Um, some newcomers, uh, Jacob Hood and Ben Scott, uh, both transferred in. And some losses, uh, Brock Bondo, uh, Trent Hickson, and Hunter Anthony. Um you talk about a room last year that we were as critical about as any room on the roster. It's offensive line. Um, this has kind of been the story of the last couple of years. Uh, the, in Nebraska, the offensive line has just not been back to the old pipeline days. It will be interesting to see heading this year because we do seem to getting Noelli back is a huge cornerstone in this piece. And I think in the offseason, we dressed a position of major need in center and Ben Scott. So I think that you've checked a couple big boxes with some bringing guys back. Um, I, I, I think this is a room, as you really look into battles, is the development of that offensive line um, is really going to be key. I mean, you have a lot of guys there that have been high recruits. Turner Corcoran, Bryce Benhart. Is this the year they finally turn into what we all thought they could be? Um, I, I think that's going to be the, the storyline of the spring is can those two really emerge? And where is Teddy Prochaska's health? Um, I mean, that that is a huge question mark because he's been injured. He's been pretty good when he's played, uh, but we just haven't seen enough of him to really know what we're getting out of him. Derek, your thoughts on offensive line? Yeah. I, again, it's all going to come back down to development, but I mean, this is, probably the most experienced room you got coming back. All these guys, all those guys you have mentioned, Tyler, have starting experience outside of, I think, Jacob Hood. Um, yeah, I, yeah, they need to be, they need to be developed, but you got, you got some high recruits in there that were, had potential to be really good players. We need to see them step up. It, it has a potential to be one of the best damn groups in this class, but we have yet to see it. Do you honestly believe that? Yeah. Look at all the talent that's in this on this roster. You can't tell me you have this many four-star guys and just none of them have developed and, and panned out. You you miss on one four-star guy, I get it. But when you miss on three or four, five four-star guys, it's a development issue at that point. Yeah. And Matt Rules addressed it. I mean, he, he has pointed... To this and said the offensive line maybe took too much blame last year and i know some of that might be coach speak i i do think again not to point fingers at the old coaching staff but i don't think whipple's offense was set up to run this offensive line well i think that uh donnie rayola coming in year two i don't think he meshed with uh the system 
I think that that could have worked if Frost had stuck around. But when we went full Whipple, Donnie did not fit that mold. And I, I think now you get in a little bit more up and down game, which is what we kind of presume. I think that's going to fit his style a little bit more. Um, I, I think that he's well, coming. Go ahead, Justin. So what? Are you insinuating that the offensive line was better under Scott Frost than it was under Mark Whipple? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I mean, that's debatable. Uh, but I'm saying Donnie Rayola was not the coach when Scott Frost was here and for most of Scott Frost's tenure. So I, I think that that is a different, like that element is going to look a little bit different. And we know what Matt Rule is, looks like an offensive lineman. He is going to help develop them. I mean, I, I'm i with Derek. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd say one of the well, best I, I, rooms I on the add, Tyler, Tyler, you talked about this too, but losing Newelli, Newelli for the whole season for suspension then you lost Prohaska early in the season from injury. You lost probably two of your better offensive linemen right there. So that, that didn't help matters. I'm not saying that things are totally different if you have those guys, but it sure as hell didn't help matters. Here's what I want to see in the spring. is I am tired of this whole, well, we're just going to play the five best guys. Like, you, you, if Turner Corcoran's a guard, play him at guard. If he's a tackle, play him at tackle. If he's a center, play him at center. I don't know where he is, but what I know is that he is not taking the strides any year, and it can't help that it seems like you move him from left tackle to right tackle to right guard. You don't know where the fuck he's going to play at any given week. How the hell is he supposed to get better? Like, you need to set that. Like, that is an early sign to this spring to me. If this line is going better, is if you can actually say, Turner Corbett, you are a guard. That is where so you were playing. If you want to complain, I mean, that wasn't the the Scott Frost or Mickey Joseph doing that. That was what Donovan Rayola wanted to do. He wanted to rotate them around. Sure. And guess what? Donovan Rayola is still here. Is that sure. going to change? Yeah, ma- maybe. Maybe. We. I don't know. It should. I mean, that that I, it needs to. It it absolutely needs to. Like, well, let's, let's not forget that the previous. Offensive line coach Greg Austin did the same exact thing. Yes, he did, and it's probably and, and a lot get, more column uh, common in college football. I mean, I think it's more. I think it's more common if you're a backup. What, like if you're trying to find a spot on the field, moving around. If you're that sixth guy, having a couple spots may make sense. But if you're clearly one of your best offensive linemen, like I think, and again, you, you don't. You're shaking your head. You don't think Turner Corcoran is a, what has the potential to be one of our best offensive linemen? Uh, I mean, maybe, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not as high on the offensive linemen as you are. So, I think I think that's a good segue. Let's start getting the rankings because I'm curious where you have the offensive line. Okay. Uh, do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Go ahead. So. Uh, my offensive uh, rankings from best to worst uh, is coming in at number one. It's going to be the running backs. I just think they're so stacked with Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson, Gabe Irvin, AJ Allen. I've alluded to this before. Any of those four guys could start, and I'd be completely okay with it. Number two is the quarterback position. Uh, I, I like the quarterbacks that we have. There's a lot of experience there, real game time experience. 
Uh, I think Jeff Sims is an awesome addition to what the offense that we think that we're going to be running under uh, Matt Rule is going to be. And moving to tight end, that's my number three position. Even though that there's little to no ex- like little to no experience between uh, uh, Thomas Fedoni and Eric Gilbert, I love those two. I love those two at that position, and I think they are going to be studs uh, there. Uh, number four. Now we're getting down to the wide receiver for me. That's my number four position, and you know there's. There's some guys there, but I mean, we'll see how many of those guys are actual uh, game changers. Uh, It's, it's not looking like right now headed in the spring. There's a lot of game changers. There's like a lot of bodies and fifth, my fifth best, (laughs) or I guess it's basically worst, right? Worst offensive unit at this point. It's the offensive line. We've seen all, all these guys before, uh, we got the same coach there. Uh, they just, they haven't been impressive, and there's a lot of experience. There's too much experience for this offensive line group to be playing like the way that they have. And we can throw in excuses all we want because we sucked last year. But there, this is a, there's a big mountain to climb with these guys uh, moving forward. And it's not going to be an easy road, I don't think. Uh can they get better? Of course they're going to get better, but headed into the spring, this is they have the most work to do in in, in my eyes. Uh who wants to go next? Go ahead, Tyler. Got um yeah, I'm, I'm, your number one is the same as mine. Um running backs uh for all the points you mentioned, I I think that it's Got our best chance at an all-conference player in Anthony Grant. The depth is good. Um, not great, but really, really proven depth in this position room. Um, all around um, great position. Quarterback, um, number two. Uh, Jeff Sims, I think the, co- the coaches are extremely high on him. Um, you know, take putting Casey Thompson to the sign. I, I like Logan Smothers. I'm interested to see what Chub- Chubba Purdy can do in another year in Nebraska. You also have the deep guys in Richard Torres and uh, Harburg that I think are still factors in Nebraska. Um, Number three, offensive line. I think offensive line, you've got the starts, you've got the experience, you've got the age. And that's another thing we haven't talked about enough. I mean, we've been starting freshmen and sophomores at offensive line for the last few years. We're now in a position where presumably all of our starters are going to be juniors or at least sophomores. And these aren't like, true juniors this is covid juniors when these guys are grown-ass men now so i think you can expect a pretty good step forward uh number four tight end um for the reasons i talked about earlier the high upside of thomas fredoni um i think that you look at him really in particular of what he could do um could be all conference if he stays healthy has that pedigree and number five the position i'm really concerned on uh, wide receiver I, I just don't know if we have that guy uh, in camp that during the spring to be a true number one I think there's some I think it'll be interesting to see the summer after we get through this I don't want to get ahead but I think Coleman and if Brown comes back that definitely helps this room in depth but even with that I think we're still going to be lacking that true number one wide receiver um, and, and, if, and again if you get down to the depth 
you're really counting on some major step forward for guys who didn't see the field last year uh, in Bonner and Jones and Hardy. And so you're really hoping a couple guys could take the step forward. Uh, so that is my list. Hey, Derek. All right. Well, I'll just skip through number one because it's, it's running backs. You got your top four returning rushers coming back. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys there. Uh, I'm going to go number two offensive line because you have so much experience coming back on this. There's no reason. And you got the same coach. To get, they're the only ones that have the same coach coming back, so they know what their coach expects. You expect a little bit of a jump here. Uh, I expect offensive line to get much better this year. Uh, number three, I went with wide receivers because I, I do think Billy Kemp's a good receiver. I do think he can be your one of the number one guys. <clears throat> and I'm, uh, Marcus Washington, I think, proved himself plenty last year. And I think if Xavier Betts, can, if we can get any potential out of him, you have three great starters right there. Depth starts to be getting a little bit narrower after after those three. But, I mean, you got three really good wide receivers there, in my opinion. Uh, number four, I went with quarterback. Because as long as Casey Thompson's out, heading into spring, it, it's a one-man show. Because the other, they got all the quarterbacks behind Jeff Sims really – I don't think have much of a shot at taking this starting job. And Jeff Sims, for as much as the coaching staff loves him, and he seems like he's going to be great, and I hope the best, I hope, I hope that he's great. He's thrown 55% one year, 60% one year, and 58.5% another year. His turnover or his uh, touchdown interception ratio has never been great. He went 13 and 13 on in 2020, 12 and seven and 21 and only five and three and 22. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not overly impressed with those stats. Uh, he does run the ball. Well, he did lead the team in running, uh, Georgia tech in 2020 with 492 yards and six touchdowns. So great. We got a quarterback who can run it again, but I, I need a quarterback who can get these receivers the ball. And right now I don't know that Jeff Sims has proven he can do that. Uh, but he's going to get his chance to spring. So I, I'm, I'm concerned about this room right? At, heading into spring. I think heading into fall, it's a little different as you get with Casey Thompson healthy, but heading into spring, I think it's a little concerning. And, and number five is tight end. We have zero returning stats on this in this, in, in this room outside of Eric Gilbert, who just got here. No, none of the other tight ends in this room have any catches, any anything. It's all potential. It's great. But there is nothing to returning for experience in this room. So I got to get, I got to go back, Justin. I I, I probably got some things to react to on your list, Derek. But Justin, like, you're way too low on this offensive line. And I get they were not impressive last year. But, like, I don't know what Donnie Rayola did to you. Like, I don't know if you guys met up for a drink at one point, but your hatred of him. Man, it is. It it's is not a hatred. I just, I just saw. I just saw the games last year. But like, you saw the games in like tight end, and oh well, that's gonna get better. Like, you have this thing that. Well, can you imagine? No can you imagine a world where two guys that have never contributed before uh, in the like the last two years is a better position unit than the offensive line? No, I can't. That's why I don't have it ranked yeah, that way. That is crazy. And that is how low I am on defensive line. I look, they could be better, but I think they have the the b- 
biggest mountain to climb to prove that they are one of the better units on the uh, on the offense because they have not been. We've seen way too many guys, and there's way too many starts among these offensive linemen for them to be this bad. They're not. They're not even mediocre. They've been a bad offensive line. In 2021, we said we would never see a worse offensive line. And 2022 came, and it was a worse offensive line. Do you remember that? We did the preview for 2022, and we were talking about the better, same, or worse. About the offensive line. It was like, we all ranked it. If we all ranked the offensive line worse. Yeah, we all thought it was going to get worse. Oh, that's right. And they, they had a ton of starts, and they, we were right. Yeah. But the difference is, as I think that... Derek, you highlighted this. I think health and losing to Ellie did not help the situation. And again, I think seniority, when you talk about offensive line and getting adults now, you're not playing guys that are 19 and 20. You're playing guys that are 21, and you're starting to get to this point where these guys are now matured and able to stand up against Big Ten. And I think the style of offense is definitely going to be a huge point for this offensive line. I've seen too much of this offensive line where they need to prove it to me right now. They need to prove it to me. Whereas tight end, you know, I haven't seen well, them I've at seen their worst. I've seen nothing, and they need to prove it to me. I you. haven't seen their worst. I've seen the offensive line's worst, and so they need to prove it to me. Fedoni and Eric But, but Gilbert, somebody you've never seen these doesn't potential. need to prove they, it to no, you. No, 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 Derek. They can run off that potential because they haven't shown shit. I mean, they haven't shown the shitty side. We've exactly. Seen the they haven't sh- shown shit. We've seen the shitty side of the offensive see, line. See, so for people that may not listen all the time, what Justin's stance is, is no experience is better than experience. He, that is not always my stance. It is, in, it is that, in this case. You That is your take. That is your go-to take, is if they're new, new is always Justin, better. Ju- new is always ju- better. Ju- Justin is the backup quarterback guy. Like He is oh, yeah. the backup quarterback, the best player on the team. Every 100%. Year. If well, you haven't you played this. yet, you, you've got to be good. So, okay, so it... At the end of the year, what would you be surprised or uh, least surprised about? Like, if uh, if the tight end has a number one Big Ten conference player uh, nominee or first or second string or offensive line. I mean, which which of those two are more likely to happen at the end of the year? Probably neither, but I would go offensive line. You you'd say offensive line for, yeah, first string, second Dude, string. I, I do not. I have no confidence in this tight end room right now. None. I yeah. I I mean that's it's a good potential. question. I don't even, I don't even know if Fedoni's gonna be able to make it through the spring healthy. Yeah, I think I think I, a hate, I hate saying that. I hate saying that, but but it's it's an issue. It's been an issue since he's been here, and I. I you say, oh, Mott Rule's going to take it easy on him in the spring. You don't think Frost took it easy on him last spring? And he's still, I believe it was a non-contact injury where he tore his ACL last year. Justin, to answer your question, I, I would probably go tight end has a better chance of being first team. If you're telling me who has a better position group to get any all Big Ten honors, I, I 100% offensive line has a better shot. Like I think the ceiling is higher in that room with Fedoni. Um, and Gilbert too. I'll throw him in there. Um, but I mean, I, I I just think that the offensive line at this point, I I do expect this year to be a big year. Um, I, I and, and, and they better to, and they need to because if we're going to if we're going to win six, seven, eight games or whatever, 
it's going to be on the backs of that offensive line. Yeah. So it, I hope I am wrong. Yeah. I I, I guess it, it, you I don't know are. If, yeah, that's fair. So so the oh, other thing about trip. Justin, so the other thing about Justin is he's always the backup guy, and he's also the guy that says that no, if you haven't played and you haven't contributed yet, you're not going to. Like he. You can't get better. If you haven't done it yet, you're not going to do it. And which just tells me where his headspace is on this offensive roster right now. Because outside of running back, like that was the, if anybody didn't pick running back as your number one position group on offense, I, I probably would have like questioned your sanity because th- that room is, I, is that, I, I don't want to give her a hand, but is that the best room on this roster period? There's only one other room on this roster that competes. I don't want to give it away, but it could be. I mean, that might be that might be the best room on this roster. Could be. It's probably, I would say probably is. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm just going to recap these rankings here for the listeners in case they got distracted here. For me. Top to bottom on offense, I have running back one, quarterback two, tight end three, wide receiver four, offensive line five. Tyler has running back one, quarterback two, offensive line three, tight end four, and wide receiver five. And Derek has running back one, offensive line two, uh, wide receiver three, quarterback four, and tight end five. So that is our rankings. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, uh, the Big Ten basketball season is over. Uh, Nebraska ended their season on a great note by defeating Iowa at Iowa, 81-77 to in an epic game. <coughs> Loved it. Fun game to watch. The Big Ten tournament that starts on Wednesday uh, Nebraska is going to be playing Minnesota at 8 p.m. on BTN. Uh, your thoughts on all of Nebraska so far, uh, Derek, and the game? You know what? The Iowa choke artists were uh, awesome on yesterday or Sunday, and Nebraska played great ball. I People said we couldn't keep up with them scoring, and we did that just fine. It was a great game. It was a fun game to watch. Uh, the tournament, I, I see. I seen that we have like a seventy-seven percent chance of beating Minnesota. I'm a little concerned because it feels like one of those games where we end up dropping the ball on. But I, hopefully, we win. We win big. Tyler. Well, Minnesota. I mean, well, first of all, just <coughs> we. It, it's nice to own the state of Iowa right now because we clearly do. Um, so that is just a great feather in the been cap. waiting um, years to say that, haven't oh we? My oh, my God. God. I, don't never go back. Never go back to the time when we lose to Iowa again. But Minnesota's interesting. Um, they're not good. I mean, they're 2-17 they're in 17 at Big Ten play. Um, they did upset Rutgers to, the second-to-last game of the season uh, to have a little momentum. You know, when we played in Minnesota, uh, they did take us to overtime. So it is definitely not a gimme game. Uh, but I think we all expect us to win this game. 
And then it gets really interesting with Maryland. Because Maryland is a team we beat a few weeks ago. And Maryland was not hot down the stretch. But they had some key victories beating Purdue and Northwestern. So you know the ceiling's there, but their consistency is dog shit. They finished 5-4. and four. So it to me, it sets up pretty nicely for a potential, hey, let's get a couple games, let's get a couple wins, and then all of a sudden face Indiana and see what happens. Um, play, playing for house money at that point. But um, it, it would be nice to go on a little bit of tear and be playing a weekend game in the Big Ten tourney. So I think that's So how deep can we go? If you were to predict it right now, Tyler, how, how, how deep do we go? I can't see us beating Indiana. Um, Do you think I, I you guess. think two wins? Do you think we get two wins? I, I gun to my head. I, I probably would say no. Um, it's definitely on the board. It's a hundred percent on the board. But if you're telling me, Tyler, you have to you have to put some money that means something on. Does Nebraska win two games? I, I would probably not. Um, Maryland Maryland could beat us. I mean, it's obviously we beat them last time. Um, Minnesota could beat us, um, but I I I don't see we're gonna have a deep run because I think that juggernaut of Indiana is gonna kind of hold us up a little bit. But uh, so no, I don't probably think we're gonna win two. But this is the first Big Ten tourney in a long time. I'm actually gonna watch Nebraska. Usually I've turned tuned us out at this point, and I'm actually gonna tune into the basketball to watch to see what happens. It's like being a Cardinals fan; you just tune out after a while because they suck, right? That's just a horrible analogy. Uh, talk about World Series. The Cubs have won in 110 years or 20 years. and well, Maybe it's just Cardinals. that the cards suck to watch and you just don't tune out. Anyway, uh, Derek, what about you? Uh, how deep can uh, Nebraska go in this tournament? I, I'm, I'm really worried about this Minnesota game. I, I, I truly am. Uh I'll say we get past them, but I think we stumble against Maryland. I don't think we get much past Maryland. Yeah, I think I, I think us beating them. I think us beating them last time. Uh, we caught them on a bad game. We had a good game. I, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee Maryland just having a bad game in the tournament. We're not going to surprise teams anymore. So I do think that we get past Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to say fairly easily. I don't know what the line is on this uh, game. I don't think it's been posted yet. Uh, but yeah, Maryland, that one, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if we did win it, but, uh, if I, if I had to bet right now, man, I would probably say, yeah, we, we lose a heartbreaker there, but I, but, but I think it would be a tough, it would be a tough win. It's not impossible to win it, but it would be a tough win. Yeah. It's, I think it's clear. It's on the board. It is it is a hundred percent on the board to beat Maryland and uh, again Derek you're right Minnesota I mean we we haven't obviously had a lot well, of look, postseason I, I know success the, I, I I know they're not good uh, they haven't been good this year but they're, they're a little bit like Nebraska's been in the past like they're they're just losing some games really close uh, you know they just they just lost a game to uh, Wisconsin they really held them to the last minute and kind of choked it away but uh minnesota's been playing a little stronger here towards the end of the year so i I, look if if nebraska loses to minnesota it would not shock me whatsoever but i but i do think we i mean on paper we should beat them yes 
again, you're right. They they have played better down the stretch. Um, not counting, I mean, obviously Nebraska took them, beat them up pretty good when we played them in Lincoln a few weeks ago. But beating Rutgers, which is a pretty decent win, and then going and beat uh, going down the wire to Wisconsin, which is a tough team. On and so I mean, it it's gonna be interesting. But I, I again, if we don't beat Minnesota, that would be a really disappointing end. I don't know where we're at right now, but if we lose to Minnesota, are we even in the NIT? Like, is that is that on the board if we lose that game to miss the NIT? Like, I, I don't know. I, I can't speak intelligently on that. I don't usually pay attention to what it takes to make the NIT. Yeah, I, I was having this debate. People, so, so here, here's, here, here's the other side of the spectrum. Say Nebraska... Manages to make it to the championship game, comes up with four more wins. Can they make the big dance? No, with twenty wins. Why can't they? No, why can't they? Because we're so far down. We're ninety. We're ninety four. And in you don't NAT. think we're going to shoot up by then? If we get twenty wins on the year, you don't think that we're not going to get in? We'd be the hottest team. We would be very hot, and that might be. Some, but I, I just think that that strength of schedule and all of us twenty wins. I just don't think that's enough. I just don't think the rankings will like us enough. I don't we think have, that we it, have one of the toughest strength of schedules. I, I, I just don't buy. I, I think, I think tournament wins are not counted the same. I've never, I don't think they're ever treated the exact same way. I think, I think we're in a position where we have to win. The, the thought of the eleventh <laughs> rank. There's some conferences that it doesn't matter what you do regular season if you don't win the damn tournament, you're not well, getting yeah, in. Well, yeah, if we win the tournament, we'll get in. Uh, I, I just think that you're in a position, like, to me, to think the 11th ranked team in the Big Ten is going to get in is the only way that's happening is if we win the championship. Had we beaten uh, Michigan State down that stretch and we had been the ninth ranked team, I think now all of a sudden you're in a position where, yeah, making the championship game means something because you might have be able on the bubble. But you, t- but you, but you talk about that. But Michigan State's now the fourth seed in the tournament. It just when they played us, they were like the eighth or ninth seed. I must say it's a they bad loss. Up, they, it's not a bad loss, but I'm just saying that's how tight it is between that fourth and eighth, ninth seed. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope you're going to try. I hope we go. I mean, I hope this is actually something we get to see what happens because that means we played in the championship. So. That would be really exciting. I mean, has Nebraska ever played in a conference championship in basketball tournament? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, have we ever made the semifinals in a basketball tournament? I'm sure we have. Conference? What year? Maybe back at the Danny Knee days. I don't know. Anyway. Somebody will know more about Nebraska ball than us. Yeah, fact check us, someone. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, next week, we are going to do the defensive uh, best uh, position groups, I guess. Uh, so we'll do that next week. Uh, so that's going to be fun. So special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go big red. Go big red.